Next on BYU Sports Nation, the ginger swagger is back. TJ Haas leads BYU hoops to a fourth straight win, 17-4 and four overall. Should we alter expectations? Basketball radio analyst Mark Duran on the return of TJ Haas and what he expects Thursday in Moraga. Plus the first ever draft pick of the Utah Royals, Taylor Isom joins us. What is it like to be drafted by your hometown team? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Monday, Monday, BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your January 22nd thus far, wherever and however you're dialed in. It is great to have you with us here in the Studio B. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the all-time leader in Studio B comeback wins, Jerem Jordan. Well, as long as, uh, you know, Tom Brady's at the helm, then we'll be just fine. Did you have any doubt at any point in the fourth quarter when the Patriots were down 10 on their home field that they were not going to come back and win that game? There was a little bit of doubt, sure, yeah. Yeah. No Gronkowski, that was certainly uh, difficult. I mean, no Gronkowski in the playoffs last year either. See, I just thought, yeah, okay, he's just setting it up for another dramatic comeback win. So it was it was kind of boring in its predictability, is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. It's amazing, though, Like, and I don't want to undervalue it. It is incredible that he does what he does. It is pretty crazy. So often. I think what's going to happen with Tom Brady – I. Like I respect him, but I'm highly annoyed at the empire. Right? We we just get we just get annoyed at dominance, unless it's your team. Like the majority of America is going to root against the Patriots, which is an unpatriotic idea. No, I'm just kidding. Because they've dominated and they've had everything go so well for so long, and there've been some allegations of cheating and whatnot. You know, uh, Deflate Gate and uh, recording the sideline. You know, uh, signals yeah, and yeah, yeah. all that. Right. So it's hard to root for the Patriots unless you're from Boston. But then again, I'm not like all in on Philly. You know what I mean? What could be more (laughs) patriotic than America's bird winning the Super Bowl? The Eagles. The Eagles. Yeah. Eagles fly. Yesterday it was funny when the Eagles fans were going, instead of skull, you know, mocking, they were saying, Foles. Foles. (laughs) Hilarious. And Philly, nicest people there. Are. Yeah, well, listen, the nicest people. The sports come from fans Philly. in Boston and Philadelphia couldn't happen to two more deserving fan bases. Yes, right. And and uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Can have a great time. With it. <laughs> Invincible, Rocky, the whole thing. I'm fly Eagles, fly all the way, man. I'm anti Patriots. So whoever that other team is, yes, we love Kyle Van Noy. <laughs> love Van Noy individually. <laughs> Bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. BYU men's basketball beat up on San Diego on Saturday night. 74-58, TJ Haas got that ginger mamba swagger back. Haas scored a game-high 24 points, tying his season high. Cannon out front, 40 feet away, gives to Haas. Haas into a three, top of the key, good! Greg Rebell on the BYU radio call. The crossover pull-up three was nasty. Teammate and guard Jasheer Hardnett put up a career-high 17 points. BYU's won four straight up next 
uh, at uh, who? Oh, oh, St. Mary's, Jerem. Can't wait for that Thursday night. Former BYU defensive back Preston Hadley joined the BYU coaching staff over the weekend as the safeties coach. Even as a player, Hadley dreamt of coming back to coach at BYU. Here's what he said at his pro day in 2013. Hopefully, you know, I can get like a, a graduate assistant job down the road or, or, or some intern internship here and just try and stay close to the program and then just get in and work my way in and, and then just you know, keep the, the BYU tradition going. And he's back. So what a story as he was a uh, grad assistant in 2013 and 14. Had a cup of coffee with my Seahawks. Uh, post him, I guess, BYU. Yes. A uh, cup of post him with Seahawks, grad assistant 13 and 14. Junior college, Santa Ana. 15, 16, and 17 at Weber State. Weber State goes to a quarterfinal, so BYU picks, you know, two of the assistants, potentially a third. We'll see. Um, and uh, Preston Hadley is back. So with the move, Ed Lamb is not the safeties coach anymore. He's the linebackers coach because Steve Kafusi is stepping down after 16 seasons at BYU to pursue other interests. Thanks to Steve Kafusi for all the great years of coaching at BYU, not to mention the uh, amazing Suns that have played for this program, including Devin, who's the youngest boy, and he's on the team now. We just mentioned it, but Kyle Van Noy, KVN, does it again with the New England Patriots going back to the Super Bowl. Shocker, they rallied to beat the Jaguars 24-20 in the AFC Championship game. Van Noy's stat line, nine tackles, one sack, one forced fumble in that victory. It is the Eagles and Patriots two weeks from yesterday in Minnesota. And fifth-ranked BYU men's volleyball beat the Conference Carolinas champion, Barton. The Barton Bellas? No, the Barton Bulldogs. In two sweeps over the weekend, Andrew Lincoln, 13 kills in two matches. It wasn't uh, close. BYU played four bench players in the starting lineup Saturday. Still got the sweep. Here comes Treble. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Connect Four. BYU basketball wins a fourth straight game. They met the expectations that most of you shared with us on this show a few weeks ago when we asked you what you thought BYU would do during the four-game span following the loss at Pacific. Well, here we are. The Cougars now 17-4, and four, their best record since the senior year of his Jimmerness in 2011. BYU is ranked 50th in the Ken Pomeroy team ratings. That's the highest BYU has been in Ken Palm all season. 54th in ESPN's Basketball Power Index. 55th in Strength of Resume. Pretty good numbers. 80 in the RPI. Oh, yeah. And a game at St. Mary's bearing down on Thursday. Time to reevaluate with today's Twitter question. Based on the team's play over the last four games, how have your expectations for this BYU Hoops season changed? Use the hashtag BYUSN at Colonel underscore James 83. TBH, I did not have high expectations for the team this year. Sorry. With the departure of Mika and temporary withdrawal of Emery. Now, even though I know it's still a work in progress, I have the expectation to beat every team, if not only be competitive in those games. There you go. Hashtag BYUSN. How do you feel, Jerem, particularly after T.J. Haas has shown up in the last four, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. T.J. Haas is shooting 55% in the last four games. We talked about how he needs to be the third scorer, and then, boom, the next four games, he's played tremendously, averaging 14.8 points per game, shooting 50% from three, 10 of his last 20, four assists, two steals a game. Playing good ball, man. And he had a tremendous game Saturday night, 24 
against San Diego. BYU needed that. They needed him to uh, come alive. A little less from Elijah Bryant, a little more from T.J. Haas, or a lot more from T.J. Haas. How have your expectations been altered? First and foremost for me, I want to rewind to our season prediction show. I said BYU would be 23-8, and eight, go 9-4 and four in non-conference, 14-4 and four in West Coast Conference play for a total of 23 wins and 8 losses and 31 regular season games. I think the Cougars are right around a game and a half to two games ahead of pace. Sure. So, so immediately I would say, well, my expectations have changed plus two in the win column. I think BYU is pacing nicely for a 25-6 and six regular season going to the West Coast Conference Tournament. And that would be good because if you can get a quarter and then you win a semi, you're in an interesting spot. I don't think it's a three-bid league, and I, don't, and I think BYU is clearly the third best team in the league. I don't think there's much argument uh, on that one. Pacific loss, by the way, a close one at home against St. Mary's. BYU needed probably St. Mary's to drop that one to have a, a shot. I don't think BYU is going to win the league. In fact, I, I think Gonzaga is still the best team in the league, even though St. Mary's looks like the best team. I mean, wh- where they finish. Okay. There's time still, right? Okay. St. Mary's doesn't look like they're going to lose another game. But BYU, have my, have my expectations been altered? No. No. From a wide-angle lens, that BYU finishes yeah. third in conference. L- like, yeah, BYU's playing better ball the last four. Were they playing that bad a ball before? They lost an overtime game to St. Mary's. They lost a close one on the road to Pacific. Who we are finding out now is better than we thought they would be. Yeah, and yeah, the bottom seven, whatever. I don't, yeah, I don't really care about them. But yeah, BYU's clearly the third best team in the league. They're going to finish third. They're going to go to Vegas, need to get a semifinal win, just to make it interesting. And then you have one game to try and get into the NCAA tournament. That's the hope for this team. They've not been altered because BYU's been playing good ball. Brand new AP poll out, top 25 college basketball. Gonzaga in at number 15, St. Mary's at number 16. So really, they made quite the jump. Is it that they, much of a shocker? They went from that, unranked to 16? 16th. Wow. Well, when you win at Gonzaga and you've won, I think now 13 or 14 straight games. Yeah. They're good, man. Yeah, they deserve to be in the top 25. So is it that much of a shocker that BYU is the third best BYU team in the West Coast Conference? BYU should be the third best team in the league. Like, you can't logically tell me that BYU should be better than St. Mary's or Gonzaga this year. No you would seniors. be saying that BYU needs to be in the top 20, right? Right, and they're not a top 25 team. BYU hasn't been ranked in a long time. That's fine. You don't need to be ranked to make the NCAA tournament. This team is building, getting better, learning, playing defense, taking better shots. Developing depth. Oh, by the way, prior to Dalton Nixon coming back into the lineup, BYU was playing with eight scholarship players. Like, this this team is not fully equipped to challenge the big two. Gonzaga is Gonzaga. St. Mary's is living it up this year. It's not going to be the same next year when they lose the big three. This isn't the year for BYU to get to that next level. It's time to build, to grow, to put systems systems in place, get culture, Heath Troyer's uh, systems. Then next year is when you're going for second. You're going for the league, right? But you're you're going for a realistic second to get in. This isn't a three-bid league. This is a a one-and-a-half-bid league. And this year it's going to be a two-bid league. I tell you what, every team, notably St. Mary's and Gonzaga, and other teams on the bubble – are terrified of a team like BYU because they are a potential bid stealer, right? If they get bubblicious, and we are not expecting them to make the NCAA tournament, but they are a team that could sneak up and just maybe pull away a bid 
from well, if it's an auto bid, another not deserving an, I team. I don't see BYU getting in at large. I see BYU potentially sneaking in as uh, making a, a run in Vegas where you need to win three games in four days. However, they get it. If they get it, it's you, a bid steal, right? Because expectations oh, three are three from the West Coast Conference. Yeah. Oh yeah. Six years of the league, one three. Well, actually, forever. There's never been three. I mean, beyond that one time, there's been one three-bid year for this league. It's not a three-bid league, typically. So technically speaking, in terms of expectations, BYU is a game and a half, maybe two games ahead of schedule in the win column. Yeah, but overall, overall. Yeah, overall. Yeah. Overall, still the third best team in the West Coast Conference. So it depends on how you look at what your expectations are and how minute you want to get in those details. Yeah. But where do you stand, BYU Sports Nation? Are we undervaluing this team? If BYU can avoid another non-St. Zag loss, it changes things. But we all expect BYU to lose at least another one. That's The expectations are third, lose like five to six games in league. You know what I mean? If BYU somehow makes that four and they go into Vegas and they win a semi, it's, now it's different. And BYU's lost two games in league. And like you said, you know, an overtime game and a one-point game on the road. Yet we still expect this team to lose a few. It's because they didn't over. If BYU won at Pacific, the combo right now is really different. It is. If BYU wins at St. Mary's on Thursday, now we're talking about a conversation changer, right? Things get interesting. Things change dramatically if you win in Moraga. And that's the midway point. Like after Thursday's game, that's the halfway point of league, the ninth game. Hey, coming up. Taylor Isom, one of two BYU Cougars drafted in Friday's NWSL draft. She'll join us in the studio. And how have BYU basketball alumnus Mark Durant's expectations changed for this BYU Hoops team? We'll ask him next. Big time lawyer coming up. BYU Sports Nation. Oh, Mark? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcast, including this Monday night, airs at 6 p.m. Eastern each and every weeknight right here on BYU TV. BYU basketball, Dave Rose, live tomorrow night with host Gregor Bell at 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The guest is Dalton Nixon. You can send in questions using the hashtag Rose Show. You can reserve your free seat on BYUCougars.com slash Rose Show. The BYU Sports Nation Records Department has confirmed that the Cougars' RPI, according to the NCAA, is 69th. ESPN has it at 80. It is 69th, according to the official NCAA RPI for BYU basketball. So maybe that'll shift your expectations. Yeah, because if your RPI is (laughs) outside of 40, yeah. Yeah, BYU's got to win a lot of games to have a shot at getting an at-large. I think the shot is getting the auto bid like everybody else. If everything, dude, if BYU wins on Thursday, and that is an enormous ask, I know. It'd be, it'd be a tremendous It win. changes everything. Changes everything. Based on the team's play over the last four games, how have your expectations for BYU basketball changed? At 17 and four at Laser Sheep tweets, in my expectations improved by two wins if. They can stick to the game plan of moving the ball and taking better shots. Steve Cleveland was spot on during the telecast and pointing out that when the ball stays on one side of the floor, BYU struggles. Swing the ball around. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is radio analyst for BYU Hoops, 
our big time lawyer, guy who always has our back, and <laughs> just an all around good guy, Mark Durant. Welcome back to the show, Mark. What was the best thing you saw from BYU basketball on Saturday night in that win over San Diego? Well, good morning, guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a, a nice game. I, I like what I'm seeing uh, defensively. BYU holds another team under, you know, 60 points, and uh, they're they're playing good defense. But of, of course, the the great thing about that game was seeing BYU able to to have success and win a game when uh, Yoli Childs and Elijah Bryant are struggling. Because that's going to happen from time to time, and uh, TJ had a, just an amazing game, and and also Jasheer uh, Hardnett played very very well, and so I mean you want to uh, be able to have a lot of different weapons, uh, and when when some weapons aren't working, uh, you're going to need to have some other guys step up, and uh, I think the obviously the greatest thing uh, is, is seeing TJ play well, and I think this that's that's really the the key for BYU to have success. Uh, Real, real success, being really, really good. I mean, obviously they're they're good, but to be really, really good, having TJ play well would be, uh, I think, a key ingredient. TJ Haas is playing uh, a little more his style, and I think maybe he was playing within the offense a little more, which was pretty strict. Heath Troyer has established some guidelines of what kinds of shots he wants, what kinds he does not. I think that at you know at, at game what the last four eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and twenty one now. For some reason, at that point, maybe Heath had a conversation with him. Maybe TJ's just taking and making. I don't know. What's changed for TJ Haas in your estimation in the last four games? Well, no one ever accused me of being a great shooter, so it's hard for me to really relate to uh, a slump from a shooter like TJ, who's such a good shooter. But uh, it, it, it was a change. I mean, you got to remember TJ grew up with the greenest light ever to be green. I mean, it was, it was neon green light ever since he was three years old. I mean, every shot was a good shot. Shoot whenever you can, as much as you can. And and uh, this year, I mean, it's a different team. They, they value each possession. They, they want good shots. And uh, I think TJ was kind of in no man's land. Sometimes you could see it almost when he caught the ball. Is this a shot I should take? Uh, and if I miss it, is he sure going to rip my head off because I took it? And there was just some hesitation. And and then I think, you know, it's just a, a slump in his shooting, which didn't help any. And I think the, I think there's a happy medium, though, guys. I mean, I think TJ can be TJ and still, you know, not, not do anything crazy and be within the offense and, and make good shots and take, you know, high percentage shots. It wasn't just the threes. I mean, TJ would get in the paint and – he wasn't finishing at the rim, which was unusual as well. And and you saw some of the great moves he had the other night against San Diego, and and it was all over the court. He was doing everything uh, really well, and so his confidence is back, which is a big factor. But I also think he's he and the coaches have kind of found a, a little sweet spot where he can uh, shoot the shoot his shots and be aggressive, and and maybe take a shot here and there that's not the greatest shot, but it, it's not going to be the end of the world for the team. And and I, I think that. That was clearly what he was doing against San Diego, and it was really, really fun to watch. I mean, uh, we all know because we've seen it before what TJ can do. So that that that's where the frustration came because we're like, hey, we we know you can do it. What's going on here? And uh, whether it's just coming out of a slump or finding a little more freedom or just getting some confidence, uh, whatever it was, TJ would appear to be kind of back on on the saddle, and, and hopefully that can continue. 
BYU basketball radio analyst Mark Durant with us on BYU Sports Nation. Our Twitter question for all of BYUSN today, Mark, is based on BYU basketball's play over the last four games, all wins, how have your expectations for this season changed? How would you answer that question? I mean, I don't think they've changed uh, much as far as the end result. I mean, it's a tough it's a tough deal. I mean, they're going to have to find a way to get ahead of Gonzaga and St. Mary's. You know, they can win all those games. Uh, that, that's amazing. That's almost going to take a miracle, and that's not a slide on BYU. It's just that you know, going to St. Mary's and playing there against a great team is going to be hard. And Gonzaga, even though BYU's had success up there, it's going to be hard. I think BYU can realistically expect to beat Gonzaga at home. But, I mean, it's just a hard thing. And so you're going to probably end up being third. And so you're going to have to win the conference tournament. Uh, but I do think uh, my expectations are changed in that I think BYU really has a legitimate shot to win the conference tournament. I think BYU's going to compete like Thursday night. I think they're going to be able to compete and, and give St. Mary's a game. And in years past, and it hasn't really necessarily been the case. I mean, you're thinking, oh, we got to win the conference tournament. But I don't know that anyone really believed that you're going to, they're going to win it. But I think this year they're good enough to win the tournament. So I, I do have more hope. Now, it may end up being the same result, but I think BYU's better positioned and better players. It's a better game plan, better defense. And I think that they can really have a shot. Now, it may come down to guys that it all ends up being the same this year, but it's not the same. And then you go to next year, everyone's back. You plug in some some new good players. St. Mary's loses to everybody. And, and maybe it, maybe the results are different next year. But what I guess I'm trying to say is the trajectory is really nice, and BYU is getting better. But it may not be enough this year. I hope it is. But it's going to be a, a tough road to – uh, to hoe to get uh, to get in the NCAA tournament, just 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 the facts. But uh, that's not to say BYU isn't better this year and getting better. Yeah, building. I I think this team's building towards the NCAA tournament next year. This year would be a, a certainly a, an over ex, uh, exceeding expectations. Elijah Bryant struggled a bit on Saturday night, but had a cool story, um, you know, on on uh, the radio with you guys uh, saying he found Jashir Hardnett during the game and said, I'm struggling, you need to score. What does that say about Elijah Bryant? Because he's playing at a high level, but for him as a captain to say that to Jashir is pretty cool. I love everything about Elijah Bryant. I mean, he's he, he plays the game the right way. I mean, he's not like Jerem at Ward Ball where everything <laughs> – he's got – He's got to touch the ball every time, shoot the ball. I mean, he's a black hole out there on the in, in the. <laughs> I'm, more, I'm more like Nick Emery. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Eli- I, I never ever have thought, well, that really was not a shot Elijah should have taken, or he's he needs to give the ball up more or uh, shoot less. I mean, it, even when he gets 30 points, I've, it's almost a surprise that he has it. It's like, wow, he you know he didn't really take a lot of shots, and he did it within the offense, and still distributed the ball nicely. He's just—he's uh, really interesting to watch. He reminds me of my brother Devin a little bit in that it's just so smooth and doesn't seem to sweat. The teams used to be so mad at my brother Devin because not only would he kill him, but he seemed like he never sweated. And uh, and Elijah's that kind of—he's just smooth, calm, uh, not a lot of emotion, uh, and, and like I said, doesn't demand the basketball and doesn't uh, hog the basketball. He's always looking for his other guys. So that doesn't surprise me when I hear. A story like that about Jashir because uh, you know if if the Santa Clara game if Yoli's hot first ten minutes get the ball to Yoli it's not about 
uh, Elijah make sure, making sure he gets his shots. But the amazing thing is, even though he doesn't do that, he doesn't uh, demand the ball, he ends up having amazing games. And uh, that's a credit to him and the way he plays and his fundamentals and his smoothness. And I mean, he's one of my favorite players in a long time to come along. Just the way he plays, it's it's really fun to watch. All right, Mark, great stuff, man. We look forward to the showdown between BYU and St. Mary's in Moraga at McEwen Pavilion. I take it you'll be there, correct? No, because I'm a big-time lawyer. I'm going to miss this one. That's hard on me. It's hard. I mean, I'd love to see that game, but uh, Terry Nashif will be there on the radio with Greg, and I'll certainly be listening and watching. And and uh, I'm, I'm hoping for a win. I mean, uh, St. Mary's, as good as they are, uh, is vulnerable. We saw that with Pacific and with BYU at home, and I think BYU is better and can really give them a game. All right. We <laughs> we wait and watch. It's the slowdown Jock Landale project. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. I, I don't know what you do with Jock. I mean, you take him <laughs> away and you leave shooters open. That's it's it's like uh, with BYU with TJ. If you got three guys, it's hard to stop them. With two, maybe, but they've got so many weapons, it's hard to pick what you want to try and stop. Good grief! All right, Mark, great stuff, man. We'll get let you get back to uh, your important work, and uh, it's we'll, not as important. We'll discuss uh, your <laughs> option as uh, you know to be on retainer or not for BYU Sports Nation moving forward. So that's right, still I'll on send the table. Over some documents. All right, man. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> See you guys. The radio analyst on BYU Radio for Cougar Hoops, Mark Durant on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. He said you can reasonably expect. BYU to beat Gonzaga at home. That's a that's a top fifteen team. Like like the matchup is good for BYU with this style. We'll see. I'm interested. Watch that one. Coming up, a higher a stepping down in a position switch from the football coaching staff. Plus, the first ever draft pick by the Utah Royals, yeah. Taylor Isom in Studio B. What does it mean for her to be able to stay and play in the state of Utah? She joins us next. She's gonna get paid to play soccer here, man. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. You can see the show on BYUSN.com. You can also download the podcast where podcasts are found. If you want to hear the Mark Durant conversation or our opening conversation about expectations, changed or not for the season, you can always find the podcast or watch the video. BYUSN.com. If you missed the BYUSN headlines, not to worry. We're going to recap those right now, including BYU men's basketball beating up on San Diego on Saturday night, 74-58. T.J. Haas with a game-high 24 points, busting out from three, especially tying his season high. Teammate and guard Jasher Hardnett had a career-high 17 points. Former BYU defensive back Preston Hadley is back at BYU, this time on the coaching staff as the safeties coach, that named on Friday afternoon. Ed Lamb will move to linebackers coach, replacing Steve Kafusi, who's stepping down after 16 seasons at BYU to pursue other interests. Kyle Van Noy and the New England Patriots going back to the Super Bowl. Van Noy had nine tackles, a sack, and a forced fumble in a 24-20 victory over the Jaguars. The Patriots face the Philadelphia Eagles February 4th in Minnesota. The fighting by Sikahema Reno Mahes. And Chad Lewis's. And Chad Lewis's. Yes. Yeah, exactly. 
And fifth-ranked BYU men's volleyball beat Conference Carolina's champion Barton in two sweeps over the weekend. Andrew Lincoln, 13 kills in two matches. BYU at UC Irvine this week. Joining us in Studio B now is the former BYU women's soccer standout, former West Coast Conference Defensive Player of the Year, and now the first-ever draft pick of the Utah Royals, Taylor Isom. Taylor, welcome to Studio B. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 14th overall pick. Where were you when you found out that you were drafted by the Utah Royals? I was at my parents' house, and my family was there, my husband and my in-laws. So just packed with family. Did you know they were going to pick you? Did you have any indication, a text, a phone call beforehand or anything? I did. So when they put Utah Royals on the board, I got an unknown number uh, probably 40 seconds later. And when I saw that number, I jumped up off the couch and I ran outside. And I don't even know what I said. I think it was just super emotional. But <laughs> I remember uh, Coach Harvey just saying, girl, you're staying home. And when she said that, I just started crying. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty was, cool. I mean, of all the teams, were you secretly hoping that Utah was going to Oh, totally. When they announced the team in, in April, I was like, maybe it's a sign. Maybe I'm supposed to go there. Um, but I didn't want to, like, put all my eggs in one basket because all the other teams in the league are amazing and would be awesome to play for as well. What was draft day like for you overall? Stressful, exciting, um, relief, all emotions, I think. Um, I would say it was stressful at the beginning. Uh, I thought it was going to start at 8 where they're going to start like reading names at 8. No, they had like a 30 to 40 minute introduction. <laughs> so that Classic seemed like ploy. a day in itself. <laughs> Um, and then the first round was a little bit longer because you get time in between, so more stress and then, um, then excitement and relief all at the same time when I got picked. What's it like to have uh, not just uh, you know, teammates from last year but from a couple of seasons ago in the league as well? It's huh? exciting. I mean, they're doing awesome. Uh, Ash was uh, rookie of the year, so she's we have some big shoes to fill. And then, me, and then Murph is, is coming, and then Nadia. So it's just we're just repping BYU in the league right now. How many teams are in the league? What There's ten. Ten. Yep. And so four different teams represented yes. for BYU Cougars. Uh-huh. Not bad. Not bad. You played against Ashley Hatch and Michelle Vasconcelos and Nadia Gomes in practice on a daily basis. Who was the toughest to defend? Who was the most annoying player to defend against? Those are two different questions. <laughs> oh, that's a hard question. Um, I would say each of them had something that was super annoying. Um, Ash always had her cut back, Murph had her speed, and then Nadia had her left foot. So I wouldn't say there's one particular. I would just say that there was one thing that was super annoying and they were really good at. Well, prepare to be super annoyed while you play in the NWSL. Oh, yes, yes. Is is that a situation when – because you'll face all three of them as, you know, forwards against you as a defender. Are are you the type of player that, like, won't go out of your way to do something or will you, like – jokingly nudge them in the back in the box or whatever um i'll definitely make sure that they know i'm there um what does that mean taylor i mean like maybe a nudge um definitely when they take me on 1v1 if i win i'm gonna make sure that they know and then if they if they beat me or whatever i'm gonna make sure that i go even harder the next time um because i don't get beat twice (laughs) taylor isom bringing it in studio b when do you get going with this whole professional career? What's the timetable like for you over the next few months? Uh, so actually, spring training starts February 19th, so we're less than a month away. Uh, I meet with the coaching staff tomorrow, so I'm just training with BYU right now until they tell me otherwise. So, so you haven't left, kind of like me at mm, BYU. 
no. I'm always <laughs> going to be here. I've been here for six years, and I'm just going to be here. Yeah. Um, this this league is great um, because we know that soccer is huge among the youth in the U.S. MLS is growing, tons of teams. How's the growth of this league, and how exciting is it for you for you to be involved in this in the U.S.? It's huge. Um, I think that Utah soccer is just huge in itself. Um, Deloy and Coach Harvey have done a great job to bring uh, this team here. Um, I think we had 3,000 season tickets already sold, so Whoa. that's huge um, in itself for a women's league. And then it's just growing. Um, I think the U.S. played Denmark yesterday, and people were packed in the stands in San Diego. And so it's definitely taking, it's taking a ride, and, and people are, are responding to it very well. I believe the NWSL has a contract with Lifetime Network right now, right? Yes. At least it did last season. I don't know about this year. Yeah, we'll see going forward. But did you ever imagine yourself as a star of the Lifetime Network? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't consider myself a star. I'm definitely just going to be the rookie on the Lifetime Network. <laughs> well, it is a downgrade from BYU TV, but yeah, exactly. What's, what's your husband Andy up to? He used to play baseball for BYU <laughs> when Spencer and I, back in the day, helped call Provo and Timfew games. He was a part of those teams. He's just working up in Draper for a medical device company, so just down the street from where I'll be playing. What was his reaction to you being drafted? I think he felt more relief. He did get teary-eyed. He'll, he'll deny. He said he had dust in his eye. Because we were trying to think, okay, we just bought a house, so what are we going to do with our house? Do I go by myself? Um, what's Andy going to do with his job? Like, just lots of unknowns, mm. so I think that he just felt relief and then excitement all at the same time. Understandably. Okay, what is your ultimate goal as a professional soccer player? Where do you see this thing developing? Where do you want it to lead you to? Uh, definitely want to lead it as far as I can go. I want to see what I can do in this league. But first off, i got to start by like making this transition from college to professional. And I'll be playing with amazing players. So I'm planning on competing with them in games, competing against them in practice, and just learning from them and growing as a player. Is there somebody in the league that you're looking forward to facing? I mean, Alex Morgan and then Marta. You got all those players that you have grown up watching on TV in the U.S. jersey, and you're like, I want I want a piece of that. Like, I want to I wanna show them what I got. So definitely all those players. You got Julie Ertz. I would say anybody on the national team because you just know them, and they have a big name. Julie Ertz was interesting yesterday because before the game, she finds out that her husband, is it Zach Ertz, is the tight end for the Eagles. And she finds out that he's going to the Super Bowl and just breaks down. Oh, after yeah. the game, yeah. yeah so yeah. like they they like text it up to the moment. It was before the game, I thought. So yeah, she no. had to compose herself and then play the game. Yeah, she yeah. was had to be playing in the game for Team USA and then found out after the game was over that her husband had cool. made it to the Super Bowl. Cool. Anyway, so yeah, now you're in a league with her. I know all those amazing players. It's undescribable. I don't even feel like it's real. I feel like it's a dream, but I'm just kind of living right now. Hey, you've earned it. Um, before we turn the page entirely to Utah Royals FC, how would you sum up your experience and your overall career as a BYU women's soccer player? It was amazing. Uh, my first two years were kind of rough, but if those first two years don't happen, I don't have this opportunity to play with the Royals. Um, I've had a little oh, bit of time point. to think about that. I know. Um, so I feel like everything happens for a reason. And then I feel like Jen has prepared me uh, for this moment and then my teammates for sure I can't do it without any of them like they made me the player I am today grinding it out at practice and 
I mean, I learned how to block Nadia's left foot. I learned how to take Murphy's speed and then everybody else. So It's going to be weird calling a BYU soccer game without Taylor Isom on the field. It's been six years. It's been yeah. six <laughs> years. It's been six years. <laughs> but we look forward to many great things with the Utah Royals. Congratulations again, Taylor. Very Thanks cool. a bunch. Yeah. All right. On to bigger and better things in the professional ranks. On Lifetime. So who, who knows if Lifetime that's better, Network. but that is, that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, you can watch that uh, just after the Internet Stalker special. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up. Oh, my goodness. Our and one results. Oh, yeah. We you, you're well. up a point. Did you gain ground? Are we tied? Or did I take the lead? I owe it all to TJ Haas, Jerem. We'll just say that. <laughs> kind of messed my pickup. BYU football makes a hire, makes a list, and is now officially an underdog against Arizona. But by how much? Football dominates our next segment. This is BYU Sports Nation. That's Royals, dude. That's what's up. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jaron Jordan live from Studio B <laughs> with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. There's a particular phrase said a certain way that Spencer can tell me, and then I laugh uncontrollably. Uh, <laughs> and that just happened. BYU basketball, Dave Rose is on tomorrow at 8 Eastern on BYU TV with Gregor Bell. Our player guest tomorrow is Dalton Nixon. He's back on the court, and he's Glad in he's Studio back. C, man. Come hang out with us. Uh, reserve your seats on BYUcougars.com slash Rose Show. Use hashtag Rose Show to ask questions of Dave or Dalton. It's good to have that dude back. I just want him to be a pest and pesky and, you know, helping double down on Jock Landale on Thursday. Just the grunt work. Should BYU have Corbin Kafusi? Maybe. Play Thursday and just do the unsportsmanlike conduct thing of Bronson. The beefed up version of new, Corbin Kafusi. No yeah, less. dude. He's a reverse Bobo doll, dude. <laughs> he is top heavy. Like, He's not, would, I don't know if he can swim at the moment. How would Jock Landale feel if Corbin Kafusi showed up just to defend him? Just to, just to like bang around in the post with him for about 10 to 12 minutes of game time. Luke Worthington and Payne Dash would be like, what? No, we're just fine. Just a big, but they weren't in Provo, body. man. Just a big body. Oh, BYU, BYU got landailed here. <laughs> Everybody's been landailed. Gonzaga got landailed. Good Jeez. grief. Based on BYU's play over the last four games, how have your expectations changed for this BYU Hoops season? At Newman BYU with this tweet. Hello, Newman. It has given me more hope that we can compete better with St. Zaga. Mm. Thursday is huge. Understatement. It's time for a breakthrough. BYU is taking care of business, but now Every it's day! time to climb from third. I don't know that this is the year. This isn't the year. We're talking about the 15th and 16th ranked teams in the top 25 AP poll as of today. Last year wasn't the year. This year isn't the year. Next year is the year. So just give up on this. No, that's not what we're saying. Those two teams are good. We'll see what BYU it's can It's gravy. Do. If BYU beats St. Mary's... In Moraga, all gravy, baby. That's one of the best wins in the Dave Rose era. Not expected. It's not expected. Would be. Other than some BYU fans and the BYU basketball team, but 95% of America is not going to expect BYU to win in Moraga. And 99% of America doesn't care. It's very true. (laughs) But, oh, do we care. We care. All right, Jeremy, you know what else we care about? And one results. Six predictions. And one. 
on BYU Sports Nation. Yeah! Hello. All right. Time to recap what happened with our and one picks in the San Diego BYU game last Saturday night. As a reminder, my two-pointer was TJ Haas will score 12-plus points. Swish! Yeah. He did a lot of that, as a matter of fact. Went for a season-high 24 points. And one. BYU will lead by at least eight points at half. The Cougars led by nine. Nice. That was a struggle. That was a struggle, but they got there. So I was two for two. Tack on three more points. Nice. You're crushing it. Unlike me, my two-pointer, BYU will score 70-plus. Swish! Yeah, 74 against a good defensive San Diego team was a nice result. And my one-pointer. No player will score 20-plus. TJ has ruined that by going for a season-high 24. TJ is sorry? No, he's not sorry. Neither am I. Whatever. For the record, Jason Shepard got one of his two correct. So updated and one results are now I have 10 points. Mm -hmm. Jerem with eight points. And Jason... He's got a three, but we're we're gonna not let him pick every time, and we're gonna, <laughs> but we're gonna update the standings every time with him in it. Oh, so do I have two head-to-head wins now? Is that correct? Are we doing? Is the record matter? Two? Not really. It's just all about the points. And there's right? a tie. What is this soccer? It's all about the points, right? It's all about. It the really points. is like soccer. It's all if about the li- Hamiltons, baby. If, if we are looking at the points. It really is all about soccer. It's like it's just like soccer, except they're ties. Why can you tie? Why can you tie in, a, in an athletic event? I don't know. A debate for another day. <laughs> because there's so much football news. Notably, Preston Hadley coming back to BYU. He played here. I love Preston Hadley. Six years ago, was a graduate assistant for two years. Went the JC route. Went to Weber State. Crushed it at Weber State. Best season in program history. And now he's back at BYU as the safeties coach. I love it. It's the second African-American on the staff. LDS returned missionary. JC guy, not only as a player, but as a coach. FCS. He's earned what he's gotten. So now he's the safeties coach. And this move means Ed Lamb has to go somewhere else. He's coaching the linebackers. So Ed Lamb, a former BYU linebacker. This makes sense. Uh, Ed can coach anything. He's been a head coach. He can, head, he can coach anything. And Steve Kafusi. Steps down to pursue other interests. Steve's been a long time, 16 years, uh, coach on the staff. So that's a big move. Steve, influential in the Polynesian community. I'll be shocked if BYU doesn't retain him in some way, some way yeah. but not as head coach, a la the Paul Tidwell move a few years ago. Paul, part of the athletic department, but not as a coach. I just realized I left something off Preston Hadley's resume. Mm. Intramural flag football champion with us here in Studio B. You remember that? Was he on the team that he won the was title? On or, our team. I didn't think he was on that team. I thought he was on the team that was uh, ineligible in the semis oh, because no, we, we were using illegal we players we that weren't in to, BYU we housing. I don't need to get into that. I don't want to point out anybody's <laughs> brother that was illegal, Zach Brady. <laughs> was he on that? Was Preston on that team? I couldn't remember. He Preston was. did. I believe he won a championship with us in dramatic fashion. It was walk off in OT. No, no, no. Two-point conversion. Regardless. <laughs> We've been on a football field with the guy that's going to coach BYU's safeties. We beat Skyler Ridley's team, who, by the way, is a grad assistant at Weber State. There you go. The Weber State connections continue. Will BYU pick another guy from Weber State? Because there's a 10th assistant still looming. And what position will they coach? 
Quinton Ganther rumored as being a guy, a former Utah running back who could be the running backs coach here. We'll see. He's at Weber State. We know it will be an offensive coach. That was said in the release Friday. We expected it to be offensive, and now it's it's been stated as much. And it's interesting to see, like, where will people coach to? I'm I'm interested to see who's who's quarterbacks, running backs, receivers. We know O line with Ryan Pugh. That much is obvious. And we'll see what else there is. I'm happy to report that I don't know the exact number of days that this new staff has to figure it out. Yeah, I, they face I'm Arizona. happily don't. I don't know that, and I am happy about it. We're in basketball season. It's okay. But BYU, never too early to discuss this. Thanks to our friends in Las Vegas, a seven and a half point underdog against Kevin Sumlin and the University of Arizona. Seven and a half in Tucson. That's a little, I would have thought uh, five, five and a half, six. Somebody just whispered the number of days to me in my ear. Not just anybody. It was the producer of the show. And I don't want to repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you want it on, make a graphic. And the radio <laughs> listeners won't know either. BYU, it's probably because I'm looking at this next uh, little tidbit. Oh, this is up. bad. BYU makes a list that uh, every fan of the Cougars wishes they hadn't. Mm-hmm. From SB Nation. They listed the 12 worst worst games of 2017. <laughs> BYU, all, 12, all 13 for BYU. BYU at LSU. And then this quote, almost every BYU game was worthy of the list. But it's hard to top a game in which LSU fans can make fun of your lack of trips across midfield. Ouch. You know what? That's not true. BYU got to the 47 one time. Was it across midfield or was it to the 47 on their own side? No, no, no. It was across. Wasn't it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that they ever crossed midfield. Did they get to the other 47? I thought it was the other 47. I don't know. We need to confirm this. I'm not looking that up. No, that's oh, pathetic. Oh, my Either way, goodness. it's pathetic. Guess what, SB And Jeff Nation? Grimes is on the other sideline. Talk to us this time next year about BYU's 12 games. We'll see what happens. Hey, guys, wait, wait, wait just a second. Forget this LSU game. We got with something else. I'm out. <laughs> Countdown to the Wildcats. 222. Jerem occasionally leaves the set when things get a little too heated. And he has just walked out of the studio. (laughs) We'll talk basketball next, I promise. Just come back inside. Based on BYU basketball's play over the last four games, how have your expectations changed? Coming up, Kyle Van Noy. Yeah, he does it again. And Jimmer gets buckets again. How many? The whip is next. Better than 222. Get out of here. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guests, Mark Durant and Taylor Isom of the Utah Royals. First ever draft pick by that expansion franchise of the NWSL. If you miss any of the show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. I may have to download that at uh, the end of the last segment there. I didn't, I didn't catch it. Coming up this week, Blaine Fowler and another Between the Lines. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. The boys are back in town. They beat San Diego Saturday. 74-58, T.J. Haas, Ginger Mamba, 24 points, tying a season high. Joshir Hardnett, career-high 17. BYU's won four straight. Up next, at St. Mary's face. Football. Former BYU defensive back Preston Hadley 
has officially joined the BYU coaching staff as the safeties coach, that courtesy of a release on Friday. Cougars in the NFL. Kyle Van Noy is on the Patriots, and what that means is he goes to a Super Bowl for the second consecutive season as the Patriots rallied to beat the Jaguars 24-20 in the AFC Championship game. Van Noy, nine tackles, a sack, and a forced fumble. The Patriots face Mitch Kuderer, today's line producer. His Eagles, as he says, go Eagles into my ear. In the Super Bowl, baby. Volleyball. Fifth-ranked BYU beat Conference Carolina's champion, Barton, in two sweeps over the weekend, as called by Jerem Jordan. Andrew Lincoln had 13 kills in the two matches. Women's basketball. The ladies lost to San Diego 70-69 on Saturday in spite of 23 points from WC's Player of the Year a year ago, Cassie DeVash. Gymnastics. BYU beat SUU in a dual meet, 195.750 to 194.475. Mackenzie Douglas put up the high score of the meet with a 9875 during her floor routine and was just named the MRGC Floor Specialist of the Week. 5,112 in attendance. That is a new Smithfield House gymnastics record. Thank you, Kids Day. Tennis. It was crazy in there, man. That was awesome. Shrills. The, the men beat... Uh, Montana State, 4 nothing, and Weber State, 6-1 on Saturday. Nicely done. Track and field. Women's track and field had a dominant victory in the Air Force Team Challenge on Friday. The men's team finished in third. BYU track and field had four sweeps in the event in the women's mile, women's 400 meters, women's 800 meters, and men's 200 meters. Cougars overseas. Taylor Sander accounted for six points in a loss in Italy yesterday in, in uh, volleyball. In hoops, Eric Mika, 5.6 rebounds in Italy as well. Maybe they're in the same ward. Who knows? And also in Italy, there should be Italians overseas or Americans in Italy. <laughs> Jonathan Tabernari, who has dual citizenship, Brazilian, Italian, scored 11 points in a loss Saturday. Jimmer! Scored 28 points, had seven assists yesterday in a Shanghai Sharks win. They're pushing for the playoffs, Jeremy. I know you're dialed in, baby. Right. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. AJ Haas, he's back. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Audio podcast on iTunes. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Mark Durant and Taylor Isom for joining us today. BYU Sports Nation, back to work tomorrow.